on this episode of Why Watch That. I often say that to myself when I'm walking past a macaron shop. The beast must die, and it never does. They are artists. 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 The art is the beast for them now. Yeah. Ref in acting school, we had to do an exercise with that. <laughs> so how desks. many desks. desks? That's right. That's right. Lists. Went Fanny, to the Fanny. dealership, but you didn't cop nothing. Been hustling now, long and they're time. calling it. Got you know what? <laughs> I don't nagging care. Nagging spouses. I don't care if you're a nagging dog, cat, a llama. I don't want to see it. A nagging serpent. I've had it. Why watch that as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head to head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. That. Critic? Yes. Critic! What? Have you heard? We just got a buy me a coffee page. <laughs> What's that? Boy, come on. It's a place where listeners can support our work for as little as $5. $5. Pretty much the price of a coffee. I don't drink no coffee. What you talking about? Well, you don't drink anything but water <laughs> and eat raw potatoes. But <laughs> I guess they can buy you a popcorn. How about that? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> well, everyone, look, visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that to support our work or purchase our valuable resources. Yeah, you know what? We just added the TV trackers to help you curate a collection of shows you'll love to watch. So find this and more ways to support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that. So Critic, are you going to buy me a coffee? Maybe. The Why Watch That Talk. Hey, everybody. We've got a television talk, not TV talk. Television. Oh. (laughs) Now... Here is what is happening today. We have some TV shows that are premiering. Some we're excited about. Some we're like, hmm, Hmm. do we need more of that? Um, Others that we're saying goodbye to forever. (laughs) It's just we're saying goodbye to a couple shows. One of the shows. I know. I know. So I expect it to. uh, But it's not going to be a lot. We we don't have a lot. Oh my gosh, we have to pay for that. Now, let's start with <laughs> some 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 uh, premieres that we have. Now, this is a mini-series, so these are usually one-and-dones. Um, about six episodes on HBO, there's a new show called, um, or mini-series, called The White Lotus. And anytime HBO does a mini-series, they usually pack it with some beloved performers um it's a way to get like the a-list to commit to tv (laughs) yes because then you only have you know they'll say okay we only got six episodes eight episodes ten episodes whatever it's done so the white lotus 
on HBO basically means that it premieres on the premiere channel, but you can also watch it on HBO Max. So if you have that, I feel like there's two things that people get confused about the prime situation and HBO versus HBO Max. Yeah. So that is happening. Well, hey, people, HBO Max has all HBO plus. plus See, if they called it HBO things. plus, I think it would sink in a little better. Well, so. the thing is, every time I think about HBO Max, I mm-hmm. think that it's a combination of HBO and Cinemax. Right. But, you know, obviously, well, it HBO, kind of is now. <laughs> I mean, well, it is. Cinemax it's, properties to HBO Max. It is. And mm. the Max and the Cinemax is the same Max and the HBO <laughs> Max. So, you know, there's a lot happening. But anyway, these miniseries usually attract um, some, some premier talent. I am always excited when I see a certain someone, as you are, Connie Britton, mm. um, coming in. I still haven't watched Friday Night Lights. <laughs> I know. I'll get to it. I, I'll get to it. I, I have Hulu without. I know. I know. Jennifer Coolidge, you know, among that, you know, Marae Bartlett, all mm. kinds of folks are showing up in this. And this is coming to us from Mike White. Mm-hmm. What a name. And it just it's just plain old Mike White. And the thing is, if you look up Mike White, he is an actor that yes. you will recognize most certainly. And yes. he wrote it, but he also directed it. So this is going to be interesting. Actors directing other actors always make for interesting, not always brilliant, but always makes for interesting performances. And this is also the writer of School of Rock. So he was also in it as the best friend. No, as the, yeah, he was the teacher who recommended... <laughs> Jack Black to be a substitute teacher. So anyway, and he's written so many other wonderful things. Why don't yes. you tell us what's going on here with the White Lotus? Well, that is a huge question for the show. Oh, damn. And Mike White co-created Enlightened with Laura Dern on you HBO. You did like that. Yes. He, it, yes, you did yes. like that a lot. You did. Yeah, and he wrote that show. Yes, he did. Um, yes, now, he did. if you saw Mike, you'd go, oh, he's Mike White. Like, the name doesn't quite go together. I love the, just the way he looks, and that's his name. I love that combination. Yes, yes. Now, we are in Hawaii. Hawaii. And it is a beautiful, beautiful hotel. The land, all of that. And we see this group of people coming, you know, to this resort on a boat. And on this boat are two young ladies who we find out who they are later. And they're looking at all of the guests we come to find out on this boat and narrating what their life story is. Now, what kind of ideas do they have about their life story is the question. Mm -hmm. Well, well. Now, as they're coming to the resort, getting off the boat, The core staff is there to greet them. Wave, wave, wave. And the head of the staff, the manager of the White Lotus Resort, Armand, played by Murray Bartlett, he is training someone to do hospitality. And this someone is Lonnie, played by Jolene Purdy. So he's like, you know, wave, wave harder. (laughs) Okay. And the rest of the staff is there, including the character played by Natasha Rothwell. Her name is Belinda. She's the spa manager. 
So every party of guests comes in and is greeted by the manager. Uh, they stop off at an, another uh, set of employees first. So we see in this first episode what happens when they get to Armand, who's training Lonnie. Now, Lonnie seems to be out of sorts. And Armand isn't quite paying attention, but he's like, what, what is that on your, your shirt? What, what, is, what is that tuna fish? Like he's, you know, very not quite into her. So what we come to find is we have this set of guests, guests that we're going to focus on. We have Nicole Mossbacher, played by Connie Britton. <laughs> what a name. Her husband, played by Steve Zahn. They have two kids. Their daughter, Olivia, played by Sydney Sweeney. Their son, Quinn, played by Fred Hetchinger. And Olivia, the daughter, brought her friend from college, Paula, played by Brittany O'Grady. And Paula and Olivia were the ones judging. So <laughs> we see this family. Who wears the pants in this family is the question. Also, the question is, if you're a wealthy family, and you'll find out who Nicole is in the show. Why wouldn't you have enough bedrooms for everybody? That's just the question I have. What is going on here? Because hmm. the son is relegated to a part of the room that doesn't make sense. And the daughter and her friend are like sleeping in the common area. Hmm. Why? Now, Nicole and Mark get the nice, you know, ensuite. Now, what we find out is Mark is having a scare. I won't tell you what kind of scare, but they show it to you in R-rated fashion. Now, this is a scare of epic proportions, if it's true. Oh, and dear. it also gets Mark to thinking about his father in particular. How does Nicole receive this? Nicole is kind of like, oh, just, you know, just breathe. <laughs> okay, just, you'll be fine. Just breathe. Now, <laughs> the son is going through his own thing and uh, the father and the son, they have this weird relationship because Mark wants to really have some quality time with his son, with Quinn. But Quinn doesn't have a lot of words and he does kind of let people walk over him. Hmm. Now, the daughter is the daughter and the friend. They are not the nicest of people. And they meet someone who seems to be very nice and, you know, very accommodating and you know, she's on her honeymoon. And this is Alexandra Daddario's character, Rachel. She's a journalist and she just married Shane, played by Jake Lacey. Now, the first person we meet in the show is Shane at an airport. He's not in good spirits. I won't tell you why. You never do. No. <laughs> so, okay, so we have Rachel meeting Olivia and the friend, Paula. And she's like, hey, you know, what are your names and all of that? How do they receive her? And then what happens when they find something out about her that wasn't readily apparent? How do their opinions change? Now, she and her now husband, they're in a room that the husband's like, I don't think this is the right one. So he has to talk to Armand. How does Armand receive him? Is Armand in the hospitality business to really accommodate his guests or is he in it to accommodate himself? Ooh. That's the question. So there's a clash there because you got two disagreeable people coming together. And one of the interesting things here is what happens if a disagreeable person is right? Who are you rooting for? Now, we also have Jennifer Coolidge's character, 
Tanya. Mm -hmm. Tanya just really seems to not be in a good place. She's walking gingerly. The first thing she says is, oh, I need a massage. You know, and when she gets to her room, there's a bag missing what's in the bag. Uh Uh-oh. She's there for a reason. And remember, the spa manager is played by Natasha Rothwell, Belinda. So right at the beginning, Armand is like, hey, Belinda, you know, massage. Belinda's like, oh, oh, let me, oh, I'm sorry. No, not today. Maybe tomorrow. Oh, and you know, Jennifer Coolidge's character, Tanya's like, oh, I'll take anything, anything, any, anything you could do. Now, eventually, she does meet up with Belinda. And Belinda says, oh, you know what? I'll take care of you. What happens as a result of that? You'll have to see how that relationship progresses. Okay. Hmm. So this is setting the stage for all these little characters to interact because they do interact in surprising ways. And Hmm. the thing about the White Lotus is this. The question is, what happens when you have people of privilege who aren't aware of it Mm. and behave and who might be judging other people for behavior they are reflecting? Mm -hmm. And what happens if you have people who may not be so privileged who really don't care? Okay. Now, that's enough because I don't want to give it away. Ref, when I watched the first episode, because I've seen two as of taping, I told my brother, I said, hey, watch this with me. Let's see what happens. So we watched the first episode. I watched it again. And he was like, okay, what do you have me watching? Now, Mm. he watched all of Enlightened. And Mike White has a particular kind of rhythm. It's a rhythm that if you weren't looking for it, you would miss. But it's very difficult to do. You can't see any of the strings. Then we get into the second episode. My brother's like, oh, okay, got it. (laughs) Okay, know where we are. Because this is a comedy, but it's a comedy where they're not trying to be funny. And I love that. Exactly. I love that about it. Let me tell you. This cast, some of it, I was like, wait, that it looks like they're improving. No, like the rhythms are so right and natural. They're fascinating. I love in particular, the best thing to me, the anchor so far for me is Jennifer Coolidge. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> it is hilarious. And, and the great thing they have with Natasha is... Because Natasha, what's that show with Issa Rae show on oh, HBO? Oh, uh, uh, Insecure. Insecure. So Natasha's character in Insecure, you know, loud, all of that stuff. She's the complete opposite in this show. So it's very interesting to see her try to deal with Jennifer Coolidge. Like, it is beautiful stuff happening. So if you like comedies that aren't trying to be funny where it's really, you don't see the strings and you're going, what's happening? Okay, these people are going to collide. How, how is this going to work? Crazy things happen, but they're believable. Then the White Lotus is for you. I mean, it's only six episodes. And so far in the first two, they have not wasted one ounce of my time. Well, let's just all remember that Jennifer Coolidge is a Christopher Guest veteran. Exactly. So she um, she knows how to deliver comedic lines with an understatement because she just is funny. Like yes. she just, you know, she makes Even up her herself little reactions funny. like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, like it's always right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're into that, it sounds like 
it's something to explore. If you have HBO Max, you don't have to, you know, wait for it to come on HBO Max. When it's airing, it is on HBO Max. So you can, you know, move accordingly. Let's move on to AMC that has another miniseries that we're going to talk about. The Beast Must Die. Ooh, what a title. The Beast Must Die. Now, I often say that to myself (laughs) when I'm walking past a macaron shop. The Beast must die and it never does but this is not what i'm thinking it is with macarons we've got a very beloved british cast and the beast must die has one of our favorite characters from i will say my top three favorite tv series and franchises ever. Whoa. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm willing to stand on that. The more I get into this yeah. season of well, things, it is hard to beat that right. It's hard to it, beat it, oof, period. The writing. And I'm talking about the good wife and the good fight, Kush Jumbo. So we know that she left the good fight this year. And remember, she started in the good wife. So she's been playing that character for so long. It was time for her to venture out. She's doing a miniseries. But who is she doing the miniseries with? (laughs) Jared. Jared who? Jared Harris. Holy crap. I mean, the last thing miniseries I saw him in was Chernobyl. And good gracious, that was like mind-blowing. So, Mm. you know, we love some Jared Harris over here. And Billy Howell along with other people that you're going to, um, you know, walk through those people on the poster. So I picked those people. Yeah. Um, And this is, now remember, this is Cecil Day-Lewis. If you don't know who Cecil Day-Lewis is, you might want to think again (laughs) because Cecil Day-Lewis is related to someone we know and love. Yes. And I'll let you tell that story. But oh, isn't I mean, it obvious? Well, I mean, I'm leaving you a little something to tell. Okay. But I mean, talk about a family, <laughs> a talented, <sighs> talented family. And this is based on his novel. So yes. we are going to figure out a little bit about that. Um, uh, Gabby uh, Chappie is the one who brought it to us, this iteration. What is going on here with this? The beast must die. I, it, you know, when you read the description, ho ho ho, yeah, Kush is out for some sweet revenge. Oh, the yeah. question is, does she get it? it <laughs> yeah, you know, um, Mr. Day Lewis, father of Daniel Day Lewis, very serious people here. Oh. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I mean, they, they are artists. 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 The art is the beast for them now. Yeah. (laughs) Kush plays Francis. Francis has experienced a tragedy. Her young son was killed by a hit and run. That's terrible. Terrible. She's a school teacher. She decides, I'm leaving. I'm on sabbatical. 
she doesn't tell anybody, she's going to hunt down the person who did it. Oh, heck yeah. Kill oh, heck yeah. Yes, she is. Now, she- the cops have not been able to find out who did it. And, and this mm-hmm. is in Great Britain. They don't know who did it. None of that. She thinks they're dragging their feet. They have no leads. She's going to find out how. Yeah. What does she have to do to get information? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Where does she have to go? And what happens when she comes across a certain family? Maybe Jared Harris is in this family. Maybe not. I know he is. If he's on the poster. Well, yeah. (laughs) How does she infiltrate? Now, the thing is, the person who was in charge of this case has died, the detective. So they have a new detective to come in, played by Billy Howell. And, you know, he's trying to get the lay of the land. She meets with him and it's like, you know, what are you guys doing? Like, get it together. Now, he doesn't know that, of course, she's out on her own going to investigate. He doesn't know that's her plan. So what happens if he comes into the same place that she's in? What does she do? And the question is, who's going to figure out what and when and how is that all going to collide? And will Francis kill that beast? Mm. Who is the beast? What is, is another beast? question? How many beasts <laughs> and how many deaths? Can you say that again? How many beasts? Beasts. That's right. <laughs> you know, ref in acting school, we had to do an exercise with that. <laughs> <laughs> so how desks. many desks. desks? That's right. That's right. Lists. <laughs> Hosts. Well, she. <laughs> Somebody's got to kill this these beasts. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, for my review, all of that sounds yeah just, fascinating. Yeah, enticing. The title itself, you're like, I gotta watch. Come this. on. <sighs> oh, dear. it's not terrible. It is not. Oh no! But Ref, I couldn't connect to these people, and things oh. progressed too slowly. It's six episodes, like moving along. A horrific thing happened. Yes, it did, but that alone does not make a show something to care about. It yeah. pays lip service to the title instead of going there. It's a bit tame. Where's the relentlessness? Where's the beast? Now, I made it into the second episode, so I don't know how it will progress after that. I just, I'm not compelled to keep watching. There's the missing stars. If you have stars, just go on their app and watch it. If it's still there, it might be somewhere else. Mayor of Easttown, even this year. All right, I'm done. Well, that's unfortunate, but we are looking forward to getting more from Kush. Yes. We have um, enjoyed her over the years. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, no. well, I can't imagine this cast. <laughs> right, would be no. the acting. Well, let's deal with another premiere. Stars has one woman to thank <laughs> for their success. Well, okay, maybe two women. Yeah. You know, the Outlander definitely put it on the map. But power put stars on the map. Let me tell you something. Whether you liked it or not, Courtney A. Kemp has hit the gold mine. I mean, she is the Shonda Rhimes of stars. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. She really is. And mm-hmm. speaking of power, we have another iteration of power. Now we had, I think we had the one with Mary J. Blige, like a power prequel. Yeah, power book two, ghost. That's the ghost sequel. Yeah. 
this okay the sequel and mm-hmm. now we have a prequel but it's not a ghost no this is a fitty cents character fitty <laughs> <laughs> Went to the dealership, but you didn't cop nothing. Been hustling now, and they're calling it. You know what? (laughs) They're calling this Power Book Three, which I kind of like. I mean, if I was into this world, I would totally be into this thing that Courtney is doing. Yeah, but this is Power Book Three, raising Canaan. Yeah, and wait till we tell you who's raising him. Whoa. But of course, let me uh let's let's just go back to what's happening here. This is not from Courtney A. Kemp. It is based on her characters. This is from Shasha Penn instead, um, who has created this along with some other writers um that Courtney kind of groomed. Now remember, hold on, let's talk about pedigree here. We gotta do it. We just talked about. One of our, well, I'll just say one of my favorite TV shows and franchises of all time mm-hmm. by the Kings, Robert and Michelle King. You can say our. Guess. Okay, our. Mm-hmm. Uh, good wife, good fight. Guess who was one of her head writers? Yes. Their head writers, Courtney A. Camp. Yep. Was writing on The Good Wife for many seasons as. A premier writer. I won't say the head writer because the Kings were the head writers, but right. um, she she was a, a you know high level writer. So she's been groomed to tell these kinds of stories. Now, whether you like the stories or not, well, that's that's up to us to figure that out. Mm-hmm. But this is coming to us from the '90s, and um, you know Lulu and them <laughs> <laughs> um, are are here. We've got Patina Miller, Broadway's favorite girl. Patina Miller is playing Raquel Thomas, who's Kanan's mama. And let me tell you something. If somebody approaches her son mm. and tries to do some harm, she mm. don't care what age they are. She going <laughs> to stuff that pillowcase with some metal. And oh. I don't know what... I don't know. I can't Ugh. tell you. I can't uh, and tell give you. it to someone to use it. She sure will. She you sure will. You can deal with me and you can deal with them. Choose. Now, that's right. You got Omar Epps showing up, which, oh. you know, at this point. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> at this point, Omar Epps belongs in this power universe. He just really does. I feel like I, it, Omar can show up in any show and I'm, I'm good. Yeah. So there you go with that. And then there's some other people that you're going to talk about and walk through with this. Now, what we need from you, Critic, is for those of us who aren't in the power universe, mm-hmm. why do we need to raise Canaan? Mm-hmm. Why does this need to be the third installment? Mm-hmm. Why now? Mm. Well, quick answer. They got uh, four spinoffs of power. That's why. And... Um, this one is 50 Cent. Who does the uh, voiceover? Yeah, the and he's at ex- just to just in case we have people who are like completely uh, 50 Cent and Courtney um, were the co-executive producers of Power. And it was Courtney's idea, obviously, but 50 brought in some life experience, shall we say. <laughs> so there you have that. Yes. And, um, you know, this is his character. 
And, you know, in the in the show, they lead up to it. And he's like, look, you, I mean, you know how this ends, but you don't know how it began. So that's the whole raising part of it. Uh, and it does make some sense. They did a sequel, now a prequel. So they're kind of bookending uh-huh, power. <laughs> now, we start in the 80s. And Kanan is little. And he's being bullied. His mama... Raquel, like you said, or Rock for short, played by Patina. Well, Kanan's father, um, I don't know if it was her husband or not, but, you know, they were together. He's dead and gone. Mm. And he was a drug dealer. No, he was almost had, you know, like an empire. Mm. You know, so, you know, where you control blocks and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he showed Rock the ropes. So now she's in charge. Oh. That's right. And she also has two lieutenants who are her brothers. An older brother, played by London Brown, who was in Ballers and did a great job in Ballers. His name is Marvin. And his her younger brother, Lulu, played by Malcolm Mays. Now, Marvin, you could be thinking, well, why is he working for his younger sister? Hmm. But can he be taken seriously, is the question. And another question is, if he's not, what will that do to him over time? Right, right. We know where that's going. The younger brother, smart. And Rock trusts him to do things, but even though he'll do them, how does he feel when he does them? Mm. And what's that going to lead to? Because he's really looking, you know, for a companion, a, a life companion, a woman. He has his eye on one. Can he get this woman because of what he does? Like those things will start to bear fruit. Now, Marvin, the oldest, he has a daughter. Of course, Kanan's cousin, Jukebox. Now, in the 80s, when Kanan was being bullied, Jukebox was being held back. She, uh, played by Haley Kilgore, who was on Broadway as well and once on this island. Yeah. The last one, T-Moon. Yeah. She, she was being, I mean, the in the 90s. Yeah, maybe. Right, right, right. So she's being held back. She is his protector. But why is she called Jukebox? Because she has a particular talent that's surprising for someone who will knock you out. So, okay, we have that scene set. This is where we were talking about, Ref. Rock says to Kanan, uh, you gonna fight me, you gonna fight them. Mm-hmm. You got a choice, and here's an implement. <laughs> okay. Hey! So that sets the stage for Kanan in the 90s. He's in high school now, ready to go. He wants to join the family business. Oh, Rock is like, I don't think so. And the principal of his school is like, you can go to a new school that's being built, the most expensive school in the city. They have swimming pools, plural, Mm. all kinds of labs. You're smart, take the test, get in. Now, if you know, if you live in New York City, you can imagine what, what that is, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what does Kanan think about that? Rock is like, yeah, you're going to take that test and you're going, you're getting out of here. You're getting mm, out of here. You don't want he, him in this. That's right. But he wants to be in the family business. He wants to pick up for his mother, for his father, who is now deceased. How does that happen? You know it does. Yeah. yeah. But what happens for that to come to fruition? And there is a young lady at school that he has his eye on, but she, while well, she likes him, as a boyfriend. Hmm. What's going on between Kanan and the boyfriend? And Kanan has two other friends as well at school. 
how are they roped into this or not is a question. So this, again, is telling us how Kanan became who 50 Cent played in power, starting as someone who is whip smart, but doesn't have the right ideas about where he should be going. Yeah. And the thing is, once you're in, you're in. So how is he going to be treated? Oh, boy. I've seen the first two episodes. Now, this should tell you something. Because Power, I did not finish the first season, not even halfway. Oh, my goodness. I know people are, some people are just having a conniption. Are they? Look at the acting. I, I can't do that. Now, if you can, that's fine. That's my problem with The Wire. Yes, I said it. Oh, don't get started. So I, you know, all some of power I like, some of it, I, it just was, it's too messy for me. Power Book 2 Ghosts, I just, I, like I was laughing at it, it was that bad. Oh, dear. That bad. So now we're at Power Book 3, Raising Canaan. The writing does have dubious moments, but the blend of the writing and these actors works. Mm-hmm. The beginning, like the first half of the first episode is like, I was entertained. I was watching it going, okay, this is pretty good. Then they kind of take, you know, they kind of lose things a bit, but not so much that I didn't want to keep watching because these actors, all of them, Patina Miller. Yeah. Now, if you saw her in like Madam Secretary, this ain't that. Okay. Well, she's a Tony award winning actress who can do it all. I mean, do it all. Yeah. She's. Top notch. Yeah. I mean, I mean, she won for being in musicals. Like this is Yeah. A dancer. A like she a dancer. She was that's what, right. Who's the Ben Vereen uh Pippin? Um Pippin, yes. Join us. That that yeah. Yeah, yeah one for that. And she, remember, I mean, she really uh took Broadway by storm and Ghost playing Dolores yeah. Cartier. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, handpicked by Whoopi and so on. So <laughs> So, you know, Patina is. She should be alive. She should have an Etsy store (laughs) handpicked by Whoopi. (laughs) That's great. That's lovely. I love it. So, but they've surrounded her with people. I just like watching these actors. London, I talked about in Ballers. He's doing the same. He's the right essence. He's the right essence. Yeah, yeah. Malcolm Mays as the younger brother. You You buy it. You buy it. I didn't mention Joey Badass is in this as a rival drug dealer, unique. Okay. And if you know, if you know Joey's music, he's not that. But he is that this show. It's fun to watch him do it. And when it comes to the younger actors, they're actually good for once. Okay. Um, Makai Curtis playing Kingman. Yes. Finally, they got it right. And then you get Omar Epps as a detective. (laughs) <laughs> now he's taking sides whose side is he taking that's uh, oh, you gotta, you gotta oh, watch out for Omar when he pops up and he pops oh. up at the end of the episode while you're, you're like oh so I would say this of course if you're watching power you gotta watch this you gotta watch this off of the first two episodes I'd say it's the best already I don't care what else they do they could fall off a cliff they've at least given me two hours that I could stand and Here's the question, though, Ref, which you were alluding to. What if you have not seen any of the exactly. Power You don't have to watch anything before this. It's fine as is. You can start Power Book 3, Raising Canaan. Just watch it. So even if you've seen Power before and you didn't like it, if what I said interests you, it has problems, 
But you got 50s voiceover, which is enjoyable. You got actors who know what they're doing with this genre. That's the point. So that's it. I would say if you were interested in that, you can try it again. Why not? The question for me, Ref, is can it reach Wu-Tang and American Saga's level? Oh, boy. Which has been renewed and will be coming back. Yes, it will. Well, thank you for that. Let's move on and say goodbye to some TV shows that you have been with since Jump. Mm. And let's start with Good Girls. Now... There's been a lot of news with yeah. this cancellation because they canceled Good Girls sort of towards the last minute. Mm-hmm. And they canceled another show called Manifest, The Manifest, yeah, before Manifest. that. Mm-hmm. And now that Good Girls has been canceled, there is this big, huge push to get ma- The Manifest back on. Yeah. NBC's manifest. <laughs> right. Which is going to happen. So, which is, yeah, it's got, it's on its way doing that with that. Um, but it would not have been possible without good girls being canceled because there was no other slots and right. they were trying to shop it around and nobody was picking it up or, you know, maybe NBC didn't want to give it up or whatever. I don't know the, the, that detail about it, but I do know that good girls did make a sacrifice for the fans. <laughs> um, but, I do have to say the trades and, you know, the rest of the fans were really not happy about good girls being kids. They just didn't have the numbers. That's right. Uh, Because they did better on Netflix than on linear television. They call it people than on the NBC network. So everybody knows the premise by now. I've said it numerous times and you've seen it at least somewhere once Um, you have three friends, two of whom are sisters who each are having their own struggles monetarily. They decide to stick up a grocery store, which one of them works in, and that leads them into a life of crime because mm-hmm. the money they take is not the money of the store. It's the money of a drug dealer. Whoa. whoa. So across these, across these four seasons, we've seen how you think they're going to get out, or maybe you don't, and they only go further in. The FBI comes in and so on. And we find out that the drug dealer they were involved with, he has somebody he's kind of answering to or somebody's. In this season, Raph, we meet his family. Mm. Who's really in charge? Now he has a cousin, a brother. They won't ever tell us which one, the cousin brother. (laughs) Who's a politician? What does he do with his political power? Mm. And when it comes to Beth, not yes, Beth played by Christina Hendricks. She's been in the center the whole time. She's the mastermind in quotes. A lot of people want her to go down. Will she? And what will this cousin brother, the politician, want to do with her? And what will Manny Montana's character, Christopher, also known as Rio, how will he feel about that? Because he and Beth, they have a love, hate, hate, hate relationship. Mm. Okay. That wasn't a tick. I'll say it again. A love, hate, hate, hate relationship so what's happening with that hmm now also beth played by christina hendrix of course again ruby played by retta and annie played by Mae whitman who is beth's sister well they all have romantic interests beth has a husband played by matthew lillard 
who, you know, he's kind of lost his spice. He was cheating on her and he paid for that. And then he's kind of like, you know, bad things have happened. He's suffered because of Beth's actions. He's the one who's taken the fall. You know, yeah. the cops have gotten and all that kind of stuff. So what's his reaction to all of this? They do have little kids. Ruby, her husband, you know, um, look, when it comes to him, he was a cop. Know what I said? Was. Mm-hmm. And he's played by Reno Wilson, Stan, Stanley. Then he had to go into a strip club and be a bouncer. And is he happy about any of this? And who does he blame for his wife's behavior? Oh, oh. Now for Annie, her son is in high school and, and uh, you know, her son's father had money. And who knows what's happening now? So the son was, you know, going to a nice, you know, little private school. What happens mm. if that falls apart? And when it comes to Annie, she's always had poor choices in men. Yeah. And there's one man in her life in particular who's in a very interesting situation. Let's call it a transient situation. And does, will she take him seriously or not? What happens to them in the end of all of this? So at the end, the question is... Do the cops finally catch up? The FBI, they're two agents who know all about them and want certain things. And, you know, they want to get away. Can they give the agents enough to get away? And what happens if they double cross the agents? And so on and so forth. But in the end, the question is, who in the world is left in charge and where? Now, here's what I have to say. For the most part, good girls. I was always happy to watch it. It was fun and imaginative. Them coming up with ways to keep them in trouble. I was always interested in their ideas. Mm. But the problem (laughs) in season four is a unique one in this way, Ref. It's familiar and unique. Nagging husbands. Oh, now we got the husbands nagging. Okay. I don't care. Nagging spouses. Look, <laughs> nagging, I don't care if you're a nagging dog, cat, a llama. I don't want to see it. Okay, I don't care. A nagging serpent. I don't want to. I've had it. I can't take it. It's like taking all the fun away. Because, you know, the husbands are like, we got to stop them. And then they get involved with somebody from Clueless. I won't tell you, an actor from Clueless. They get involved <laughs> with him. And he turns into this whole other thing. It's just like, you idiots. I... <sighs> So in the end, I had mixed emotions because they were getting in the way of the fun. This show was at its best when it was just go. These husbands, I don't care. Nagging wife, nagging husband, nagging other, nagging spouse, nagging son, daughter, cousin, cousin brother. I don't care. So that's good girls. Mostly I enjoyed it, but they did have to nag me in the end. Oh, that's too bad. Well, let's end this thing with a show that I just, boy, is it particular (laughs) and peculiar (laughs) comes to us from down under and it's called Mr. Inbetween. Now, this was a interesting find for you. You stumbled across this and have been hooked ever since. And the different adventures that Ray has gone through Yes. In the past three seasons, I'm sure has ended in a way that is for the books. Oh. Now, this is, I watch it on Hulu, but it's just like, you know, HBO Max and HBO, except 
it's on FX and then it's on Hulu the next day. So like a lot of the stuff that we could watch, it's on Hulu the next day. Um, And so you can watch it either way. Well, actually you can't now because it's already out there. You can watch it on Hulu. And um, it's nine episodes this season. Each season, not a huge commitment. No. Um, Not even a long time commitment. You know, just the average. So what is going on here? What can you tell us about how things pan out for our beloved hitman, Ray? Ray. Ray Shoesmith. Ah, I'm in mourning. But look. So yes, Ray is a hitman. He starts off having to go to anger management because, I mean, he knocked some people out who deserved it. See, that's the thing about Ray. He had it coming. And, you know, he's in that, I, I wish they would have brought back that group, actually. It was so funny, him and that group. Oh, they didn't, oh, yes, that no, group. It was so funny. We were like, I'm not like these Muppets. I mean, come on. <laughs> God, they beat women. <laughs> you know. And Ray has a daughter who's becoming a teenager. She's 12 now. Oh, I didn't like what they did with her. I'm just like, I'm tired mm. of the, that kind of teen on TV, but yes. whatever. But w- one time Ray looks at her and he knows exactly what's going on. He saw right through that. And uh, Chika Yasamura, who plays her, did a great job playing that scene. I was like, Ooh, mm. that was not overdone. So, okay, they have that relationship. Um, you know, he loves her though. He really does. And she loves yeah. him. She's just yeah. a kid um, who needs some guidance. Mm-hmm. Now, we also saw in this season, Ray go to jail. What was that like? <laughs> like I said, if he comes at you with to drink some coffee, <laughs> run. <laughs> you Look, do not want Ray's coffee. <laughs> if you see that Cheshire grid in your cell, hide. So that was interesting. And do they ever revisit the, his cellmate? Or you just no, no, they didn't. Oh, that's so yeah. weird. We just... No, no, they didn't. Yeah. Okay. But, look, he's a regular at that jail. So it's, you know, <laughs> that was fun. Now, Ray also has his best friend played by Justin Rosniak. Gary is his name. And Gary comes up with this idea to make money in season four. He thinks it's brilliant. It involves season being, three. In in oh yes, season three. Sorry, I'm still thinking okay, about okay. good girls. So season three. So I got final, excited for a second. Yeah. No. <laughs> what? Sorry, no. So season three. It involves him being a director. A director of what? I won't tell you. Now Ray is always looking at him going, Ugh. first of all, Ray <sighs> saves him at the beginning of the season oh, from doing something completely stupid or du- stupid, or does he save him? Okay. He's always saving this man. Always. And we I, I never figured out really why. Why? Well, I'm gonna get to that. Now, Ray also, well, he's a hitman. Somebody's gotta employ him. And Damon Harriman's character, Freddie, does so, but they're more like friends. As you go across the episodes, that's really what it is. And really, who's the boss? Right. In right. The end, that's a big question. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if you haven't finished season three, that's a big question. Who's the boss? And we also, in season three, toward the end, really get to understand how Ray is received by people who know who he is. There's a great scene where you go, oh, I mean, we know, Mm -hmm. but we ain't the only ones. Mm -hmm. Because he goes by a certain name. I won't give that away. 
So it was very interesting to see that because what happens when he branches out from Freddie? How is he received? And really the thing that this season crystallized for me, Ref, is this about Mr. Inbetween. It's a show about love and regrets. That's what it's about. Why mm-hmm. is he helping Gary? He loves Gary. We saw that with his brother. Yeah. In this yeah. we in this season, we see his father, that thing, with his daughter, yeah. with the women he tries to have a romantic relationship with. He really does want love and he values love. Mm-hmm. He's just a hitman. Now, and regrets are all of the mistakes he made in the past, all of mm-hmm. the things he sees in the future coming where he goes, ugh, okay, I got to do that. That's really at the core of the show, which makes it so interesting and endearing and funny and all of that stuff you can call it. Now, when it comes to the end of this, I would say it couldn't have ended better. Okay. It's a little rocky toward the end. You have to be a bit patient. But when you get to the end, you know where it's going, but you're on pins and needles nonetheless. And the question is, is it like a Dexter ending or is it something else? Mm. I'll tell you this. Ray, played by Scott Ryan, who created it, wrote it and so on. He has you. He's got you in the palm of his hands. So thank you, Mr. Between. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Nash Edgerton who directed it, everybody involved. And sometimes it's good to want more and leave them with that. Yep. So there you have that for this. We've given you some TV premieres, some series, some mini series. Those are kind of one and done, but there's a new show on stars. You can check out. And then we said goodbye to good girls and Mr. In between again, if for Hulu, You're good. It'll live there. But as far as good girls, you may want to hop on Peacock and see if you can grab it there or wait till it comes on Netflix if it Mm -hmm. does. With all that being said, listeners, you've got some work to do. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.